Hello everybody, welcome back to Brentford for Man United Nil. In this episode, I will aim to make swift work of what Brentford did right and what Man United need to improve on simply because the game was over in half an hour. This particular episode will focus on what Brentford did especially well simply because they've employed two to three different systems across the two games which makes them more sophisticated and as it stands, even if we do make a correct set assessment of Man United's downfall, we can expect them to change systems next round simply because Ten Hag made so many changes at halftime. It's very likely that we'll see encouraging signs in the next game rather than this one. Brentford, the 5-3-2 that Thomas Frank employed here utilized Aaron Hickey now as a wingback instead of a fullback or a right-sided centre-back. The crucial change here was that Joshua De Silva, as well as Matthias Jensen, were two central midfielders that operated at, as pressing attacking midfielders behind Mbomo and Tony. Their area of influence was so far forward that their pressing patterns basically resulted in Jensen's goal. Now, this didn't take shape immediately, and admittedly here, Thomas Frank is a reactive manager. Instead of deploying a plan A to beat Man United, he waited for a couple of minutes in the first half, figured out how Man United attacked, and then pressed them down. In the first half especially, what's important to understand is that Thomas Frank uses his flexible players to react to Man United's shape, and he learned something from the way Brighton beat Man United by pressing their fullbacks. So, from the get-go, when David De Gea took short goal kicks, you could see Tony and Mbomo immediately arc their runs to prevent centre-backs from passing to fullbacks. So, Tony's job was to prevent right-back Diogo Dalot to get the ball, while Mbomo was making sure that Luke Shaw did not have time either. Now, once the centre-backs were pressed, Immediately, the trap was set where Jensen pressed Eriksen and Da Silva pressed Fred. In order for Brentford to pull off this strategy, the eights here, Jensen and Da Silva, were basically in charge of winning the ball. And the question comes down to who benefits. Of course, when Jensen won the ball and his assist for Da Silva's first goal, it's understandable that Da Silva stands out. But the real gem here is Matthias Jensen, who was a signing made specifically to play the number 10 playmaker role for Brentford, but ultimately failed since, you know, Brentford doesn't get much time on the ball in the first place. Finally, we see his unselfish role come to fruition here, and I can expect Jensen to work alongside new signings such as Damsgaard with his all-rounded ability to press and win the ball, playmake, and even take shots himself. You can see it in the way he took his goal after winning the ball of Eriksen, where he didn't elect to shoot first time with the hair in front of him, and instead electing to cut and shoot when all the defenders' momentum are on the other side. In terms of FPL prospects for Brentford, we certainly do not rely on individual ability, neither do we allow set pieces for Brentford to dictate our thinking simply because Brentford are now a lot less reliant on set pieces for goals. Instead, we're looking for genuine partnerships that form on the left flank and the right flank that 
Thomas Frank is honestly still busy forging. On the right side, we have Aaron Hickey, Joshua De Silva, and Brian Mbomo all working together to press down Luke Shaw as well as Fred. Whereas on the left side, even though we saw Wizard perform pretty well with Tony last week on the left, this time around Tony barely got support from left-sided central midfielder Jensen. Instead, Jensen basically pressed all over the pitch and barely passed to Tony himself. So it goes to show that if you're looking for something more cohesive, more sustainable on the right side, then you are looking at somebody like the Silva or even Mbomo. His potential as an all-rounded threat, if you're looking for a third striker, certainly increases, especially with Brentford's beautiful fixture run coming up. As for Tony, he will operate independently alongside Matthias Jensen, and you basically treat him like a Callum Wilson. You know that he will get one good shot a game, and it just comes down whether he finishes. Man United, I'm going to start with the positives. Diogo Dalot and Luke Shaw play prominent roles in this particular setup simply because they are the outlet for the Man United centre-halves as well as the central midfielders when they come under pressure. Dalot on the right and Shaw on the left try to drift infield to become additional central midfielders themselves. And on some occasions, especially when Man United had the ball in the final third, you could see that Diogo Dalot would give the ball away, sorry, lay it off to someone like Sancho and run straight into the right half space of the penalty box with Sancho basically yet to find him. It's understandable that Man United were chasing the game, they were rushing shots and they had players like Ronaldo and Rashford and Bruno Fernandes who all attempted shots from outside. It was especially rushed when Man United were 2 nailed down and you saw the likes of like this 15-minute spell between Jensen's second goal and Ben Mee's third goal where Ronaldo had a shot from outside, Rashford had a shot from outside and Diogo Dalo himself after linking with I think Bruno Fernandes or was it Sancho with a 1-2 still shot from outside himself. So the lack of patience that Man United shows despite being in promising positions has hurt them this time round, hoping for individual quality. I would say that with enough patience, Man United can probably profit from this setup. The question is who, and as it stands, it's difficult to say simply because this this experiment in particular, playing Ericsson in deep midfield, did not pull off. In conclusion, Brentford outsmarting Man United is not unexpected given Ten Hag's period needed to adjust to the Premier League. The intense press from Brentford's midfield three of Jensen, Norgard and Da Silva currently benefits Jensen and Da Silva, who are slightly more advanced. In particular, the press against Ericsson as well as the Man United fullbacks paid off. And the unsung hero here really is Jensen at 5.5 million. So moving forward, it's difficult to say if Brentford will employ the same pressing strategy, but as it stands, Jensen at the heart of midfield will be the one playing the most penetrative passes from the most promising positions. As for Man United, it goes without saying that Ten Hag needs to rejig his midfield a little bit since this experiment with Ericsson in deep midfield did not work. Moving forward though, at least with Shaw and Dalot being the linchpins of this side, taking up the best vertical positions, making the most vertical runs, 
we just have to wait and see if they use the attackers in front of them or do they take shots themselves and create chaos on their own. This is FPL Teacher who will run up the sound Sunday games tomorrow.